0: hey everyone welcome to the building a financial fortress podcast helping you increase your financial knowledge this is episode 13 recorded on april 16th 2022 this podcast is for entertainment only it is not investing advice do your own research okay so we have a pretty good episode this week Uh, i'm going to go through the weekly market update going to talk about some weekly bitcoin news i want to briefly touch on the march 2022 cpi report that came out this week and uh, put some highlights and then uh it's time for the monthly portfolio review so we will review weightings and uh, talk about uh, a couple highlights of some things that i uh some new things that i added this month so moving right into the weekly market update this is again courtesy of seeking alpha stocks meandered lower in late trading on thursday deepening losses for all three of the markets benchmark indexes in the holiday shortened trading week the moves came as investors focused on inflation with treasury yields climbing higher And back-to-back inflation reports showed prices posting record advances. On Thursday, the benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasury yield ramped up to multi-year highs, climbing 14 basis points to 2.83%. Major banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo, reported a mixed bag of first-quarter earnings, sending most bank stocks lower. Earnings season will hit its stride next week as seven Dow Blue Chip names issue reports. For the week just ended, the higher yields hit tech stocks, sending the Nasdaq Composite 2.6% lower, while the S&P 500 fell 2.1%, and the Dow Jones finished down 0.8%. Moving on to Bitcoin news. Uh, So the first article here is from uh, Cointelegraph, uh, April 15th. MicroStrategy Shareholders' letter will vigorously pursue more BTC buys. MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor has proclaimed to the shareholders of his company that his firm intends to vigorously pursue its reserve asset strategy to buy and hold more Bitcoin. Saylor's publicly traded company is the largest single-wallet holder of Bitcoin in the world with 129,218 Bitcoin, according to Wallet Tracker Bitcoin Treasuries. Those coins are currently valued at about $5.1 billion. MicroStrategy bought 4,197 more coins on April 5th. By comparison, Tesla, MicroStrategy's runner-up in the hodling race, owns 43,200 Bitcoin, valued at about $1.7 billion. In MicroStrategy's 2022 proxy statement, which was filed with the SEC on April 14th, Saylor praised his company's ongoing success in being early to add BTC to its treasury and add value for customers and shareholders. MicroStrategy only paid about $3.9 billion for the BTC in its treasury, translating to a paper profit margin of $1.2 billion. Saylor wrote in the letter, Our parallel strategy to acquire and hold Bitcoin has been a tremendous success. The letter also states that MicroStrategy's BTC holdings are well in the green, but made it difficult for the company's executives to obtain liability insurance. As a result, Saylor has provided the insurance out of his own pocket. Saylor's 68.1% ownership of MicroStrategy means that he can pretty much do what he likes at the company, which also helps explain why more companies have not followed his lead. He's been one of the most vocal proponents for Bitcoin since 2020 and uses his position to reach global audiences. On March 29th, the macro strategy subsidiary of Sailor's software firm said it would use 205 million obtained in a Bitcoin collateralized loan from Silvergate Bank to buy more Bitcoin. Sailor said in an announcement that the marked. The first time his company was using its btc holdings as productive collateral despite global headwinds from the war inflation and interest rate rises microstrategy and do kwan's terra uh, luna buying tens of millions of dollars worth of bitcoin at a time has helped maintain some confidence in prices terra's holdings are now only 800 coins behind elon musk tesla which holds the second most btc among publicly traded companies Bitcoin down 2.65% over the past 24 hours, trading at 40109 according to Cointelegraph. So, uh, I've talked about MicroStrategy uh, in the past, um, and full disclosure, I do have uh, and have had investments in MicroStrategy in the past. Um, but... Uh, um, Michael Saylor is a really smart guy and uh, MicroStrategy is definitely a pioneer um, in the industry in terms of uh, uh, holding that amount of Bitcoin. Um, Interestingly enough, though, MicroStrategy tends to trade like any tech stock and has sold off quite a bit in uh, this recent sell off in in, uh, technology shares. I'm not sure what the current market cap is, but I think at, at one point uh the bitcoin on the balance sheet was worth more than the whole company. um was which is kind of uh kind of interesting. Okay, next is uh, again from Cointelegraph, this is April 15th. Making bitcoin legal tender is me- in Mexico will be an uphill battle says Ricardo Salinas. During the Bitcoin 2022 conference in Miami, Florida, Cointelegraph caught up with Ricardo Salinas, the founder and chairman at Grupo Salinas, in an exclusive sit-down interview. As an early Bitcoin adopter since its $200 days, Salinas has experienced firsthand the highs and lows of the market and learned a thing or two along the way. Salinas started off the day as a panelist at the main stage of the Miami Beach Convention Center among fellow billionaires Orlando, Gra- Orlando Bravo, Marcelo Clar, and Dan Tapiero. In a discussion titled Bitcoin Billionaire Capital Allocators, Salinas disclosed that 60% of his portfolio is in Bitcoin, while the other 40% is a mix of oil and gas investments. That same day, April 7th, fellow conference attendee Mexican Senator Indira Kempis announced that she proposed legislation to make Bitcoin legal tender in Mexico. You may remember I talked about that last week in my update on uh, our highlights from the Bitcoin conference. Mexico would follow El Salvador, Rotan, Honduras, and Madeira, Portugal, if it does go through with the legislation. When asked what he thought about this, Salinas said it's going to be an uphill battle to make this happen because this country, unfortunately, has a mindset that is too attached to its control over fiat or what he calls fiat fraud. The powers at the central bank and Ministry of Finance hate Bitcoin because of the freedom it represents, and it's a direct threat to their monopoly money. As the founder of the Mexican bank, Banco Azteca, Salinas admits he's part of a problematic system and reveals that he'd love for his bank to have access to Bitcoin payments, deposits and lending. In the meantime, however, as the owner of the electric group supermarket chain, he is currently working on enabling the retailers to accept Bitcoin payments for all items. While sitting with Cointelegraph, he said that Bitcoiners remain a small percentage of the total population and that there's still a long way to go before there's universal adoption. He also reminded viewers that no matter an investor's age, the most important quality any investor can have is curiosity and the mental openness to continually learn. And I couldn't agree with that more personally myself. So, well said. Okay, Uh, the next one is from Bitcoin.com. This was posted two days ago. Um, Big Short Investor Michael Burry says, the Fed has no intention of fighting inflation. Famous investor and founder of investment firm Scion Asset Management, Michael Burry, shared his thoughts Thursday on the U.S. economy, inflation, and interest rate hikes. He is best known for being the first investor to foresee and profit from the U.S. subprime mortgage crisis that occurred between 2007 and 2010. He is profiled in The Big Short, a book by Michael Lewis about the mortgage crisis, which was made into a movie starring Christian Bale. Burry tweeted Thursday, the Fed has no intention of fighting inflation. Serial half-point hikes are for getting elevation before stocks and the consumer tap out. Same with rapid-fire QT, quantitative tightening. The Fed's all about reloading the monetary bazooka so it can ride to the rescue and finance the fiscal put, Bury added. At the time of writing, his tweet had been liked 13 Point eight thousand times and retweeted over 2,200 times. Many people on Twitter agreed with Burry. One user wrote, it is correct that the Fed would like room to ease again. Another noted, not just the Fed, look at all the central bankers around the world raising rates at similar times and similar basis points. Canada and China around the 24th of this month by 50 basis points. This is coordinated and they think it will work without any major collapse. A third user opined: anyone who doesn't blame the Fed for out of control housing inflation is gaslighting you. The rate of US inflation jumped to a 40 year high of eight and a half percent in March. We'll go over that uh, in a little bit later in detail and showed little sign of quickly reversing according to data released this week. However, many people believe that inflation is much worse than the reported number. And I'll talk about that too. Goldbug Peter Schiff commented Thursday, according to the government, March consumer prices rose by 8.5% year-over-year. Consumer prices are composed of the prices we pay for the stuff we import and the stuff we produce ourselves. But March year-over-year import prices rose 12.5% and export prices rose 18.8%. That's an average rise of 15.65%. The president of the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, James Bullard, has repeatedly warned that the Fed needs to raise rates much faster to fight inflation. He told the Financial Times this week that it is fantasy to think that the Fed can bring inflation down sufficiently without raising rates to a level that constrains the economy. Meanwhile, Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller believes that inflation peaked in March. He said Thursday, I'm forecasting that this is pretty much the peak. It is going to start to come back down so very interesting and again uh very much in line with my thinking and uh and uh my portfolio is pretty much constructed along these lines of persistent inflation and uh even though the fed is tightening now and it's uh markets are taking a beating uh it won't be long before they have to um, stop that because um, the government needs to borrow money and it can't borrow money at really high interest rates so um but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what, ha- what ends up happening. Okay, and then uh, the last uh, article is, again, from Bitcoin.com, just posted here today. Rich Dad, Poor Dad's Robert Kiyosaki warns hyperinflation, depression are here. Uh, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki gave a series of warnings regarding the U.S. economy Friday. Rich Dad... Poor Dad is a one of my favorite books, by the way, um, is probably the first personal finance book that I read. And uh, I, I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit and actually um, had all my kids read it, too. Uh it's a, it's a good, uh, good beginner book. But anyway, uh, it's a 1997 book uh, co-authored by Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter has been on the New York Times bestseller list for over six years. More than 32 million copies of the book have been sold in over 51 languages across more than 109 countries. Kiyosaki treated that a wily Coyote moment and the biggest bubble burst are coming, claiming that hyperinflation and depression are here. The famous author recommends buying gold, silver, and Bitcoin before the coyote wakes up. The author of Rich Dad Poor Dad opined that baby boomers' retirements will be stolen and that the $10 trillion in fake money spending is ending. He called the U.S. government Wall Street and the Federal Reserve thieves. Moreover, Kiyosaki tweeted early this month, Repo market inversion. Last time this happened was 2008. In 2008, I borrowed $300 million to buy great real estate at bargain prices. Time to get rich coming again. Time to get smart, not greedy. Emphasizing that weak businesses and greedy investors will fail. The famous author wrote, be careful, recession and crash coming. A growing number of economists and forecasters are now saying that a recession is on the horizon for the U.S. economy as the Federal Reserve continues to fight the highest inflation in more than 40 years. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, for example, said this week that the risk of the Federal Reserve tipping the U.S. economy into recession is rising. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers also said a recession is the most likely outcome for the U.S. economy, not a soft landing. In October last year, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Block and former CEO of Twitter, predicted that hyperinflation will soon happen in the U.S. and the world. Recently, Mexico's third richest billionaire, Ricardo Salinas Pliego, also warned about severe dollar inflation. He recommended buying Bitcoin. In addition, Kiyosaki also warned about the massive crash many times, predicting a giant stock market crash in October. He noted that after the crash, the U.S. will slide into a new depression. He further warned that we are in the biggest bubble in world history. Last month, the Rich Dad Poor Dad author said the U.S. dollar is about to implode, recommending investors buy more gold, silver, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana. He emphasized that the world is in trouble and the U.S. national debt is going through the roof. In the same month, Kiyosaki warned that the government will seize all cryptocurrencies. <laughs> Nonetheless, he predicted the end of the US dollar, noting that the Russia-Ukraine war is giving rise to crypto as a safer haven than the investment than the government's fake fiat money. And again, this is why we self-custody. Okay, uh, so that's the Bitcoin news update for the week. Um, now uh, let's talk about the consumer price index report. Now this report came out on um, April 12th and it was uh, for the month of March. And uh, the um, uh, average you know, increase uh, for all the items in the index uh, uh, annualized was eight and a half percent, which is pretty high. I think it was a little bit higher than what a lot of people were expecting. What's interesting when you get into the report, um, uh, of course, you know the the the, the um, excluding food and energy is much lower. Um, it's uh, probably around uh, what is it six and a half percent, but uh, here are some eye popping numbers. So these are all the items in the index uh, making up the eight and a half percent of course there's different weightings but these are all the items that are that are double digit increases um, on, you know again on an annualized uh, basis through march uh, food at home 10 percent uh, energy 32 percent um, energy commodities 48.3%, gasoline 48%, fuel oil 70.1%, energy services 13.5%, electricity 11.1%, utility piped gas service 21.6%, commodities less food and energy, uh, commodities 11.7%. New vehicles, twelve point five percent. Used cars and trucks, thirty-five point three percent. Everything else was in the single digits. But those are just some absolutely staggering numbers. And so you look at all that, and you're like, "Well, wait a minute. How can it be eight and a half percent?" Well, that's how the math works. Interestingly, though, uh, there there's a site called Shadow Stats, and if you go out there and you look at their alternate inflation charts. Um, So uh, uh, basically what they do is they adjust the uh, CPI calculations um, um, back to when the calculations originally started. So they they have a couple different series. One is 1990 and the other one is 1980. So basically, and I'll just read this here quickly, the CPI chart on the homepage reflects our estimate of inflation for today as if it were calculated the same way as it was in 1990. The CPI in the alternate data series tab here reflects the CPI as if it were calculated using the methodologies in place in 1980. In general terms, methodological shifts in government reporting have depressed reported inflation, moving the concept of the CPI away from being a measure of the cost of living needed to maintain a constant standard of living and so when you look at the 1980 based chart um it's well on its way to 18% it's well above 15 it's it's halfway between 15 and 20 basically so um and i can include a link in the show notes to shadow stats i like uh, looking at some of their information they've got um, data on money supply, unemployment, CPI calculator, the dollar, GDP, but uh, the the uh, the shadow stats on uh, CPI inflation is is uh, more realistic and more in line with what I think people are really seeing um, on the street. Okay, so uh, moving on then, uh, let's go through the uh, monthly. Portfolio review. So, no big changes this month, really. A couple new things that I wanted to highlight that, that I added, um, but we'll just kind of go through the weightings. Starting with cash, um, we're at 5.9% this month. We were down a little bit. Last month, we were at 6.6%. Um, large cap is virtually unchanged from last month at two and a half percent. U.S. mid-cap stocks is at 2.3%, which is virtually unchanged from last month. And uh, U.S. small caps at 2.2% is pretty much unchanged from last month. Also international stocks um, at 7.8% are again, pretty much unchanged from last month. Uh, Commodities, which I just I just have a small position in uh, uranium uh, ETF, URNM, uh, is um, unchanged at zero point four percent. No bonds this month, so I uh, nuked all the bonds and put everything back into real estate and international. But it, it wasn't that much money. Real estate's up uh, about one and a half percent this month to thirty point seven percent. And that consists of uh, a rental property as well as uh, actively managed uh, uh, REIT portfolio in my uh, retirement account. So um, that's a pretty, pretty core uh, holding there to the portfolio. Private equity virtually unchanged at 16.4%. Um, Bitcoin down a little bit. Bitcoin is kind of sold off a little bit since last month, so it's at 21.4% versus 22% last month. Um, And then, uh, you know, other gold, gold, silver, other assets is uh, at uh, 10.5% versus it was uh, about 10.2% last month, so it's up slightly. Um, So the big moves this month was really I had a I had a Roth IRA at um, at uh, Chase and I had it invested in MicroStrategy um, and then I, I, I really wanted direct Bitcoin exposure so I uh, rolled it over into a, um, uh, a a new Roth IRA with um, Unchained Capital and um, What I liked about it was, you know, um, they, you hold your own keys basically. So they set up a multi signature vault. You have two keys, they have a key. You can't access the coins without two out of the three keys. So it's, uh, they literally, if they, if the government told them to turn the Bitcoin over, they couldn't do it because uh, without your cooperation. so it's a, it's a very secure thing, um, and uh, basically you set up the vault, the funds get rolled over to the custodian, they buy the Bitcoin, and it sits in there, and then you just hold it. Um So basically it's one, it's kind of an integrated solution. So I'll just read this from their website. But it says, with the Unchained IRA, we take care of everything for you. After registration, we'll set up a multi-signature vault properly titled to your IRA, help your IRA purchase Bitcoin and deliver that Bitcoin to your IRA vault with no single point of failure. Um, Their fees also, I was kind of impressed with because I've looked at other Bitcoin IRAs and they're pretty reasonable. It's $9.95 for a one-time setup fee. The annual fee, um, which they start charging you in year two, is $250. They charge a half a percent trade fee um, when you buy your Bitcoin. And uh, I didn't do this because I, I actually figured out how to set up my thing myself, but they do offer a concierge service for an extra $250. bucks. they will help you set up the vault. Um, and if you need a hardware wallet, they'll they'll sell you one too. But... Um I already had one, and I bought another one uh um uh, from Amazon and set that up and so I had the two wallets that I needed and It really wasn't that hard to set up so the hardest part was getting the money out of j p Morgan to be honest i mean that 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 was a an experience because the they required a medallion stamp and so I went to chase and i said will you do this for me and they're like no and i went to my other bank wells fargo and they said no we don't do that anymore um so i'm like great so how am i gonna get this done well they ended up accepting a a, you know notary so uh, i ended up getting it notarized and fortunately bitcoin had dropped from when I first started to when I finally got the money in there. So I guess that all worked out, but it was uh, quite a debacle going through uh, from not with Unchained, but with, uh, with the uh, legacy bank. It was, uh, they just did not want to let go of the money. Um, but anyway, so, so I set that up and, um, you know, it's, you can look up your balance anytime you want. And, um, you know, it just kind of sits there and it's, feels pretty good. So, uh, that was something I did this month. And then the other thing I did was I set up a, an account called OneGold. Um, and, uh, this one's kind of interesting. I'll read this from the website. One gold gives you direct ownership of vaulted gold, silver, and platinum at an ultra low cost. A free account will provide you with 24 seven access a best in class user experience and the peace of mind that comes through dealing with industry leaders. This was set up by AppMEX, which is a big physical gold dealer. And Sprott is a, who's also a big, uh, uh gold, uh, investor. And they also sponsored some ETFs and things. Um, so what's cool about one gold is you can actually have, um, gold that's stored in, um, different locations. So you could, you could buy gold in gold and silver in the U S. Uh, gold and silver in uh, Canada or in the UK or in Switzerland. And it's actually physically stored there, um, which is kind of cool. And then you can also get platinum, too, um, in the U.S. Um, and the uh, gold premium is, you know, 0.8%. The silver premium is 4%. They're stored with uh, either Loomis or RCM or Atmex. Lloyds of London provides the insurance. Uh, there is a small charge, obviously, for storage and insurance. And then, um, you know, you have 24-7 liquidity. So, uh, of course, the best way to own your gold and silver is to physically have possession of it. Um, but uh, but uh, this is a nice alternative to be able to... to you know, invest online and then and have it physically held. And I do think you can get physical delivery. Um, I'm assuming, like if you live in the U S., you know, and you want to get physical delivery of your of your gold or your silver or your platinum, you can you can do that. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, just an additional diversification, not a huge uh, position or anything like that, but uh, something that I wanted to. I already have some physical gold and silver that I hold in a, in a bank bank safe deposit deposit box. But, uh, I just wanted to continue to add a little bit more. So, um, anyway, uh, I can put a link in the show notes for that as well. And that pretty much, uh, wraps it up. So, um, Again, uh, not a big change to the portfolio diversification. Uh, still very heavy on the on the real assets, hard assets. Kind of light on the uh, stocks, and uh, no bonds, and uh, still very very strong position in in Bitcoin. And I'm not selling any of that. You know, I was even thinking about you know, well, what happens if it goes up and it becomes fifty percent of my portfolio. Still not selling. So uh, it's going to be, I'm going to be holding on to that for a long, long time. Um, So uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like the show, um, please like and uh, leave a comment. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform. I think I'm on most of them uh, that you like. Uh, And so to make sure you don't miss any updates. Um, you can follow my Substack at uh, Bitcoinfortress.Substack.com. I moved my blog over to Substack, and so all my old articles are, are out there uh, as well. Uh, and I'll be posting uh, new ones on Substack from now on. Um, and you can also follow me uh, on my Twitter. It's uh, Bitcoinfortress, and my Twitter handle is at Nick Reichert, N I C K R E I C H E R T. And I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.